Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director Laura Gordon and actor Laura Rook about APT's 2019 production of She Stoops to Conquer by Oliver Goldsmith. We have two Lauras with us today to talk about She Stoops to Conquer, Laura Gordon, the director, and Laura Rook, who's playing Kate Hardcastle. And this is a play uh, back, written back in 1773, so it's one of the period works this season. And I um, love this description of uh, Aunt Oliver Goldsmith, who was the Irishman who wrote the play. It said that he was a congenial but impetuous and disorganized personality <laughs> who once planned to emigrate to America but failed because he missed the ship. Yes. <laughs> do you see elements of that in, in this work? Oh, I do. I mean, the, the little bit of research that I've done on the playwright, it sounds like he was a really... I would, he would have been really fun to know. He was a, a bit of a, a gadabout and uh, didn't finish. He was, went off to Trinity to go to college and kind of flunked out and was just kind of the life of the party wherever he went. And yeah, I think he just missed that ship that day because <laughs> something more interesting came along for him. And he didn't, this is one of just a handful of plays that he wrote. And unfortunately he died a year after writing this. Um, who knows what what other plays he could have could have created, or he could have been one of the first great American playwrights. Yeah, if he, if the he, ship. Had, if he right. had made the ship. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate Hardcastle stoops to pretend to be uh, of a lower class, and what does the conquer mean in the title? Oh, great question. Well, I think um, what we're learning about the play is that. Uh, you know, she she puts on this persona in order to make Marlowe more comfortable and uh, to allow him to converse with her and so that she can get to know him and she can kind of put him through his own set of tests to get to know the real him. She's kind of, I think what she's conquering or what she's searching for is the truth. You know, we all put on these different personas or these different identities around different people to be polite or to look professional or to whatever it might be. And uh, she kind of sees through the the BS <laughs> a little bit and is just re- relentless in that search. That's her, her conquering, I think. That's great. And uh, this play has been popular for centuries. And I came across the fact that in the mid-1800s, there was an actor who played Kate's comic stepbrother, Tony Lumpkin, and he performed this role 777 (laughs) times. And I bet he had a ball doing it. It's one of the the best roles, best comedic roles, I think, in in English drama. I love it. It's very, very funny. Tell us what makes it so special. Well, I think, you know, this play was written, as you said, in 1773. So we're coming out of this era of the sentimental comedy, which was a response to body restoration comedy. So then all of a sudden the plays got very kind of moral and sedate and they were very... um, 
they weren't like laugh out loud funny plays. And Oliver Goldsmith came along and said, I want, you know, I want to write this play that's actually funny. He called it a laughing comedy. Um, and the theater producers were really skeptical about producing it. Like, are people going to want to see this? But of course it was like a huge, a huge hit um, for the London stage. So I think it's very funny, but it's not a send-up farce, you know? So I think that why it has lasted is because it's crafted really, really well. It's very funny, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of um, psychological interest. You know, the characters are deep, and the more we work on it in rehearsal, the more layers that we're finding. And it's really quite a challenge, an acting challenge, I would think, um, mm-hmm. for Laura and everybody else to kind of not only fulfill the comedy, but find the truth of what's going on underneath. So your character has a lot of depth beyond just being the um, uh, seducer. Or, or... <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's always wonderful to have a contrast between town and country uh, as a theme in a, a sophisticated play talking about um, set in a rural setting, uh, especially at APT where we are on <laughs> a stage and uh, surrounded by country. Um, how does Goldsmith view the two worlds? Well, I think, um, I mean, the hard castles are such a great... I don't know, kind of like exception to the rule a little bit. Like uh, Mr. Hardcastle in particular opens the play talking about how he he loves everything that's old and old traditions and old wine and old books. And there's kind of a, a craving, I think, that he has for simplicity and for a simple life versus, you know, a city life of foppery and... Um, fine clothes and he's just a much more practical person and so I think what makes a lot of the the characters in the play interesting when you're talking about their multifacets is even though some enjoy that refined simplicity for well for Kate in particular she enjoys nice clothes but she was raised by this man you know and so there's kind of all these different uh, aspects to those people and I don't, I don't find the play to be making any kind of like social commentary. No, I, think, on, I think maybe at the time that it was written, yeah. it was certainly a commentary on, on the affectations in the city yeah. versus the rural kind of dumb country bumpkin. Sure. And in the play, they both sides kind of get their comeuppance. You know, like who's Agreed. who's the smartest one in the room. But I don't think that it has much of a social commentary along those lines to an mm-hmm. audience today. Okay. And um, I heard you talk, Laura, about the plans to use garage band music in the production. <laughs> and um, I, I'd love to have you talk about Oh, sure. The, I, uh, when I first read the play, uh, I was really struck by Tony Lumpkin, who has uh, early in the play, he goes to the pub and sings a song. And then there's like little snippets of songs that are mentioned in the rest of the text. And I thought that was really interesting. He's also a character who's living at home <laughs> with, with his mom and his stepdad. And he, it's like, he, he just reminded me of this kid that still lived in his parents' basement. <laughs> and I just thought, what does that mean with that character and music? And it just kind of, I just sort of 
began riffing on that. And it's, it's not literally a garage band. It's what it's a 1773 <laughs> version <laughs> of a band that's made up of Tony Lumpkin and the rest of the household servants, the household staff. So we've been having a lot of fun trying to figure out how that works, you know, as a little thread through the play. But I'm loving it so far and working with Joe Serqua, who's our composer and sound designer. And he, you know, he kind of took some traditional music from the period, but it has a, a little bit more of a modern vibe to it, but without saying, you know, it's not like they have electric guitars or anything, but, you know, we have a couple of violins and we have a guitar and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's great. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> and um, the scenic designer, Regina Garcia, this is the first time she's worked at APT. Uh, she's actually designed um, last summer in the Touchstone. She designed Blood Knot. But this is her first, first time up the, up, hill. up the hill. Yeah. So what sort of challenges uh, has she overcome and, and what is her set plan? Well, you know, the, this set is supposed to, it's described as a big manor house that looks like an inn. And so we needed to design a big manor house that looks like an inn. So there's a, a lot more uh, scenery. You know, there's a lot of wood paneling. And um, it was important to me that we have a staircase and a, an upper level to play on. So the, uh, the space up there is challenging just to make sure that the sight lines are good for everybody and to have these multiple um, levels. And then also we need to achieve a scene in the pub and we need to achieve a scene out in the back garden. So we're using a whole lot of the, um, the space available to us in interesting ways, hopefully. Could it be any more different than the Blood Knot set? Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's incredibly <laughs> different from the Blood Knot set. <laughs> and uh, what about uh, Rachel's costumes? Oh, Rachel Laritz, I love working with Rachel. And we're keeping it, the silhouette, very, very true to 1773 without feeling like we have to be, have museum recreations of, so it's not quite that finicky. So there's a little bit more ease with uh, fabric choice and um, accessories that might feel just, it just slightly less stodgy, I guess. But we're definitely keeping it in the period. Okay. Um, and Laura, this is a comic role for you, mm -hmm. which is uh, a little different. Can you <laughs> tell us? Here at APT. She's very funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Marlo called your character an example of refined simplicity, which doesn't sound funny. Mm. Well, I think uh, it kind of goes back to what Laura was talking about, is that there is there is a lot of truth under these characters, too, and, and we've been finding that in rehearsals especially. And, um, you know, I think... It is, a, it is a comic role, and I'm trying not to put the pressure to, like, make things funny. But I think when people fall in love, it's inherently funny because we all <laughs> are, like, idiots when we're falling in love. I mean, the first half of Romeo and Juliet is hysterical until somebody dies. So, you know, I think that's a big aspect of the comedy. Um, and then Tony Lumpkin is his own brave, huge character, and Josh is just has the most theatrical bravery in the world. Um, so it's been really fun and it's been a great challenge because it's finding that truth and then also tackling this language and these dialects and all of it has been, uh, has been great. And the refined simplicity, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, it's a great moment of heart in the play where you realize 
who she really is, like that version of her, is 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 not pretentious, is not stodgy, is is actually that country girl at heart, but you know, also likes to wear pretty dresses and, you know. So does she change dialect when she stoops? She does. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, she we're using a Yorkshire dialect in our play, so it's not, uh, it's not quite as harsh, I guess, on the ear as like a Cockney would, would be. It's a little easier to understand, um, more, you know, North country, but it's, it's a challenge for the actors. We've all been struggling with it because we're not very used to doing it. But it sounds really fun. You know, the the O sounds are really, they almost sound like Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you choose that, Laura? How did you decide that it should be your Well, uh, I just wanted something that was definitely country, and then I just tried tried to avoid going west, mm-hmm. where you get really hard R's and it starts mm-hmm. sounding like pirates. So I just liked the sound of this one better when it's like, I liked it. I like to eat nuts. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. And nuts does she fun. eat nuts? Oh, we'll pardon? see. We'll see. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you like us to know about this play before we see it? Well, one of the things that that continues to strike me about the play, one of the things that really drew me to it was that it seemed like this great opportunity for actors to be able to show, you know, a wide range of acting abilities. You know, you get to show sort of both sides of a personality or uh, a politeness and then what what your subtext is underneath. So there, that duality was very interesting to me. And as we continue to work on it, I'm just really moved by the journey of some of these characters, especially Kate and Marlo. They're just trying to find their authentic voices. Mm. You know, like who is the real person underneath? And I think that's a, that's a worthy pursuit, you know, and, and it's been really fun to work on. And if we get to laugh along the way, that's even better. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. American Players Theatre Talk Backs to Go is a co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. Our theme song is called Play in the Woods and is written and performed by myself, Ben Ferris, Tyler Willenbrink, Noah Gilfillan, Elliot Gilfillan, Grant Blaschka, and Susan Hofer. With Orrin Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.